Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's Christy Dole and you're listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. Today's conversation, I brought in, I phoned a friend and brought in one of my closest friends that I can really, really be myself with. Um, And we have really deep conversations and I would just love getting into conversations with her. Um, So I really hope that you enjoy today's conversation. It's mostly on mindfulness. It's really about um, how to create a mindfulness practice, um, how my guest, her name is Bridget, how she did it, um, and really the benefits of it. So I really hope that you enjoy today's conversation. Without further ado, I'd like you to introduce you to my friend, Bridget Breer. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest on today. This is one of my really, really good friends. Dare I say best friends? Say it. (laughs) Just say it. One of my best friends. Um, And I actually really want to just introduce you in in a proper way in terms of how meaningful our friendship is. So I am 41 years old. And I have realized, and if you've listened to my podcast over the last summer, you, <laughs> I've been taking you on the journey with me, but I've realized that I really have this pattern in friendships where they come and they go. And, um, I kind of settle for people that, um, on paper look good, but in, but in the actual relationship, it's, it's, it's not that great. And I just want to say that this person that I'm bringing on, her name is Bridget, and she is a friend that, like, this, it's you, you're kind of like the new mold for my friendships moving forward. Like, I now know what is possible. Um, granted, I'd love to hang out with you more, <laughs> but we have two little kids and all the things. But yeah, Bridget is a friend. Um, I'll let her tell you a little bit about herself, but she is someone that can have these really deep and meaningful conversations without, you know, making fun of me or thinking that I'm weird for talking about the things that I talk about. And I feel like if you listen to this podcast, you're someone that's like really into not so much surface stuff. And I really want to introduce Bridget so that you know that there are people like this in the world out there for us, like people that get it, that can have fun, that are kind, loving people and, and want to are into what we're into. So welcome to the show, Bridget. This is your second time here. Thank you. I so value and treasure, treasure our friendship, but it really, it's very meaningful to me and, um, you know, quality over quantity all day long. That's what I'm learning. Um, <laughs> so funny. Cause Bridget, the last few times I've noticed her and I hang out, like she goes to like, hold my hand, just like really sweet, kind, which is honestly what I've always kind of wanted. But then like, when it happens, I'm like, wait a minute, she's holding my hand. Do I have to hold it back? Does she think I'm weird? What was going on? <laughs> and- no, no, I probably should be like, is it okay if I come into your personal space? No. But I also feel like we have that kind of relationship where it's maybe it's not going too far for you. No, 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 no. But also I've noticed this is like the last time we hung out. I've noticed that when we're talking about like really deep things, you'll just pause and go, God, I love you. <laughs> and I'm like, for a projector to be so seen and so recognized, it's like everything. So mm. I brought Bridget on the show today. Truth be told, I was on my walk and I'm like, okay, I really want to record a podcast. 
and I don't want to do it alone. And who can I have an awesome conversation with? So I thought of Bridget. And what we decided to talk about today was how important mindfulness is when you are embarking on a change, journey, transformation, healing, all the things. So I wanted to open it up by asking you, Bridget, how, like you're 41, like me, right? Yep. How many years ago or months, um, did you kind of have your awakening? I mean, it's been like a slow burn. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Like I can think back now on the moment when I recognized my ability to see a thought separate from myself. Mm. I I remember the moment when I was in therapy in my twenties and the therapist was like, okay, I want you to picture a thought bubble in a comic strip. Okay. Okay. That's kind of old school. I don't know who remembers the thought bubble, but like the word, right. Like write the word thinking on your smartphone and like the little like icon shows up. Right. It's like a small bubble, then bigger, bigger, bigger. And she's like, picture a thought that starts in a small bubble in your brain. And then it like expands. And that visual allowed me to go, oh, so I can see my thought. And then I don't have to get caught up in my thought. So I recognize that. And then I put it in a little box (laughs) for years. And I continued to live out a same pattern until I realized through, um, you know, silly as it may seem now, like books like The Secret that talk about the laws of attraction and how, you know, what you think about, you bring about and just using all sorts of tools of observing thoughts or knowing that I'm thinking them and that I'm not those thoughts. I'm just mm-hmm. thinking them, they, they aren't me. Mm-hmm. Um, just reflecting on that information slowly over time, coupled with, you know, breathing and meditation and listening to podcasts and having conversations with people like you, it's mm-hmm. like you become what you practice. So mm-hmm. you first, first you might learn it. Oh, interesting. And then you might do something with it. Yeah. Just like people who maybe are trying to quit smoking. It's like, okay, I know that I would be healthier if I didn't quit smoking. I know this, I know this, but I'm going to keep smoking until one day I decide to apply the knowledge that I have. Well, and that's a great um, example because in the case of the smoker, usually nothing changes until they have a health scare. Right. And in the case of humans, Usually we don't change things about our life until the rug is pulled out from under us until there's a dark night of the soul. Yeah. So, okay. Let's, let's really dig into, I love this conversation because I've actually never had it here on the podcast. And I think this is going to be so good is talk to everybody about what you mean by seeing your thought. And when you're, when you were able to see the thought, then you weren't believing the thought and the separation. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. It's just, it's a practice. So now we're talking about it here. So somebody who for the first time is recognizing this opportunity to reflect on your own thoughts, right? We, we don't often reflect on our thoughts. We reflect on stuff that happens Mm. and attach ourselves to the thoughts that we have about it, Mm. as opposed to reflecting on our own thinking about it. Why am I thinking that way? It's a little, it's like self-analysis. So it's a little self-indulgent at the beginning, because you, you kind of have to go there, 
but over time you learn that going there to reflect doesn't mean that it it's it's your baggage to hold on to it's just like oh this comes from you know i don't know getting getting spanked when i was a kid and and feeling scared or whatever i don't know you know just re- reflection it's it starts with reflection in a neutral way hmm. that's the simplest way i can i can think about it meaning you're not being mean to yourself in the reflection you're not judging yourself in the reflection exactly you're not labeling it at all you're not like god i'm such a jerk or well i'm better than that person you're just like okay i got upset after this happened but why did i get upset that that happened was i really mad at that person or did it remind me of a feeling that i used to have mm. oh it reminded me of a feeling that i used to have when i would get you know yelled at to stop talking because i was talking too much mm-hmm. i felt called i felt called out that made me feel small it made me feel ashamed like mm-hmm. you know it's 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 healing the inner child like these are all buzzwords that we hear right there are all these different ways to to incorporate mindfulness so healing your inner child or you know, um, like there, it's all part, it's all part of the, the process of realizing we're not the thought. Mm. All right. I love this. I want to take it back a few steps because I'm trying to bring myself into the mindset of someone who's like, just really learning this. And I guess what people are doing on autopilot Yes. Is I'm going to describe it. And then you, I want to hear how you describe it, but if you're not being mindful is what I'm going to call being an autopilot. And when you're not think about when you put your car on autopilot, it's just going, it's, it doesn't, it's not even paying like your car isn't paying attention to if other cars are fast or not. Like you need to be the one to break if that were happening. So that's really what's happening to most humans is they're on autopilot. They're just not paying attention. And what happens is humans are basically walking around life with all these things that had happened to them as kids that they never really fully understood, processed, or felt. And so they had this pattern of thoughts, thinking, habit, like, so people pleasing is one way. Perfectionism is another way. Um, Just being negative all the time is another way. You know, gossiping, like these are all patterns of thoughts. And what is happening to most humans on autopilot is they're having these patterns And there's no separation between the thought and them. And so they believe the thoughts. They think that they are the thoughts. They think Mm -hmm. that they like this, for instance, people that have perfectionism. I mean, a lot of times people proudly say I'm a perfectionist and it's like this, um, you know, award that they've won that, you know, but really they're suffering because they're not doing everything that they want. So that's what just the average human is doing. And so what is mindfulness to that human? What, what's the pattern interrupt that you can describe for me? Well, one is to, to stop with the labeling, right? So like someone who proclaims themselves a perfectionist, like who could you be without that label? Like mm. what, what is that? Where does that label even come from? What does that even mean? Like, just get rid of it. Don't, don't call yourself that, you know, so what are like, they call themselves? just you're, you're just a being you're a, we're beings, right? We're just we're beings. And we don't, ha- we don't, we don't have the label to, do. We don't have to hold so tight to the label. The label is attached to a thought and the thought is attached to a feeling and the feeling attaches to a reaction in the body, which then boom, triggers another thought because you know how you, like we talk about like a gut feeling or like, 
um, you know, butterflies when, when, when we, we see someone that makes, you know, it's like all, it's all connected. The thought to the physical, to the story. And so you have to just start peeling where, where, where can you notice and, and eliminate? So if you're somebody who labels yourself or labels others, oh, that person's so lazy. Oh my God. What a loser. Mm. It's like start noticing because that's, that's your, your, your inner talk going out. Like usually the thing that we, we hate or loathe or point out or glom onto to, or go on about is something that we actually need to heal within ourselves. I mean, it's all part of the yeah, that might be too far down another. No, not at all. It's we can't have a conversation about mindfulness without literally going into all the things because it's all connected. It's all connected. And mindfulness is, I think, being mindful, which I'm going to define as just being aware that you're thinking. Like, no, yes, yes. Like yeah. at, at the most basic form, it's thinking, like which is what your brain does. This is what I tell my clients all the time. I ask them and I'll ask you, like, what do your lungs make? Carbon dioxide. Oh, well, yeah. Carbon dioxide. yeah. What does your stomach make? Poop. Yeah. Like digestive juices. <laughs> um, what do you, you know, what does I'm going somewhere with this. Um, let me okay. give one more example. What do you, what does liver make? the liver make, it makes, I think it makes some substance that like cl- cleans out your, right. Okay. What does your brain make? Thoughts, thoughts. Yeah. So what I say to my clients is this, like, are you carbon dioxide? Are you digestive juices? Are you poop? Like, no, you're not. So why do you think you're your thoughts? The brain <laughs> just makes the brain is an organ that makes thoughts just like the heart pumps blood, just like the lungs makes air, you know? And it's like, and, <laughs> does that okay, land? I just, I'm, no, I'm literally like, wow. Just to think about it. It's like, there's nothing wrong with thoughts, right? Thoughts are not, there's not, there's nothing wrong with them. It, because to your point, they just happen naturally. It's the fact that we, as humans to communicate, we've come up with words and labels and meanings behind things. Mm-hmm. And so now the thoughts as we humans have them are attached to words and labels and deeper meaning. So it's like, we're, we're not in that, um, natural intuitive state that the rest of nature is in because, because we, we are not still enough in there because of labels and words and titles and blah, blah, blah. So that's why peeling that stuff away is important to mindfulness in sort of like going back to just being our original way mm. before we had so many layers of words. <laughs> yeah. Things to, to spark thoughts. Yeah. So to, what would you say? So like for me, the first step to becoming mindful, I think is to just become aware that you're thinking. Yeah. And for a lot of people that's hard because they're just so used to the brain. Like it's almost like the brain is the hamster wheel and they're just on it. So it's like the next time you, for instance, the next time you look at an apple and your brain goes apple, really think about the fact that you, your brain did that. Like that's a way to kind of, or it's like holding up a pen. Like think about the fact that you're thinking about how this is a pen. Like that's one way to kind of create that separation. But what would be another way? Do you think? Oh, I think 
the best way is to right now in this moment, think of something that pisses you off. What pisses you off? Traffic. Okay. For me, it's traffic. You like for me, I mean, I'm thinking about like, it's you like fired up. Uh, oh, like a person. People in my town gossip about me. Okay. Now, <laughs> this is- now the next the next time you, so it, you have to like commit in this moment. You're like, okay, I'm thinking about what pisses me off. What is that thing? And I'm going to remind myself to notice next time. So maybe you're 10 minutes into some sort of like inner thing where you're like having a fight. And then all of a sudden you're like, snap out of it. And you're like, wait a minute. Oh. I'm doing that thing that I promised myself I was going to notice noticing. That's it. It's yeah. just notice. You don't have to do anything with it. It's just like, oh, oh step out. I can step outside this story right now. Yeah. I can choose to change what I'm focused on. Yeah. And let me just say mindfulness also, like as we're having this conversation, it, it is necessary to have mindfulness if you're going to try to do anything that is out of your comfort zone, because if not, you will, your old patterns of thinking will just bring you, bring you back into your old patterns of thinking. But like, I'm thinking about how I have a coaching business and so many times my brain says like, oh, this isn't going to work and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I have the awareness, like, oh, that's interesting that that part of my brain is saying that. And then I have my tools, like, is it true? You know, what else could be true? What happens to my body when I think this thought, oh, I get tense and I start to worry. And it's like, once you realize that you actually can choose new thoughts to think that becomes the game changer. But I think a lot of people are stuck in, this is just how it is. This is just how I've always been. This is just how it will always be. They feel defined by it. We, we are, we are tending to let ourselves be defined by the stuff that has happened and the stories that we keep telling the only true path forward and to like free yourself from just feeling like heavy and akamaka all the time is to have mindfulness and to notice because otherwise if you're not like a person who you know doesn't hold on to things and i feel like that's just so human to like hold stuff um you need mindfulness to like let it go yeah or or not if not let it go process it process it you know yeah I will say one of because I I really want to be real with people mindfulness requires a lot of faith yeah a lot of faith and because here's the thing about being an autopilot is you are at the effect not the cause when you're in autopilot, you're living the effect. So everything is happening to you. Everything is like, it's like, oh yeah, this, everything sucks. See, like, it's just, you're at the effect rather than being at the cause when, and I learned this in my neuro-linguistic programming is like a happy, successful, thriving person in their mind knows they're at cause. They're not at the effect. And so the way that you shift that, and I just really want to be like, be really real with everybody is Mindfulness requires a level of faith. Like I think religion does, honestly, because religion is like, believe that there's something over here that you can't see or touch and, you know, believe it enough. And like, you will be given the keys to the kingdom or whatever. I think mindfulness is the same because I'm just going to use my life as an example. It's like every day I choose every day. There's a thought that's like, you're not good. You suck. Just quit. 
get, a, get, get a corporate America job. That's what's easy. Right. And then it's like, I have to, I have to say, Oh, okay. Like I have my whole thing. It's like, Oh, I, you know, I hear you. Why are you here? Oh, what part of me is like needing love and attention. And so I do all of that. And then I replace it with like, no, I'm actually living my Dharma. I'm going in every day to find what my community needs. Like, even though I can't see it on the outside, I know it's all growing on underground and it just requires a level of faith that I think a lot of people who are living at the effect of their life don't have. And so I'm curious, what is your thought on that? And how do people, um, I guess, believe in themselves enough to basically believe in something that they can't see, feel, touch, taste, or smell? Step one, start notice where you're blaming. Who, who are you blaming? Who's at fault? Who, who, who's, who's responsible for how you feel? Mm. And then step outside of that story and understand that nobody is responsible for how you feel, right? You, they, they each have, have a, a lesson to teach you. And of course there, there are like circumstances where like horrible stuff has happened. And I'm not saying anybody deserves anything that is horrible or like, yeah. Oh, treasure this valuable lesson. Cause sometimes it's, right. that's it's bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that it, it, just just by kind of breaking it down in that way where you can look at it and step outside the story long enough to understand like that stuff doesn't define you you don't need that to define you like you the essence you you the one that always was and always will be that universal thing that connects us all to like mm-hmm. the the spark that started it all because everything's energy right mm-hmm. that you is not any story any shit that happened it's like the the weight of thoughts and stories is so heavy that you have to value yourself enough to to start to separate and so noticing stories of blame is a great place to start because it's just noticing yeah noticing stories of blame that's really good and i heard recently that trauma isn't the thing that happened to you Trauma is actually the response that your body had to it. Yes. Because the trauma happened, whatever, however many years ago or whatever, right? Like my mom, you know, hitting me when I was a kid hasn't happened for probably 30, 30 years or whatever it's been 33 years, 36 years. And yet there's still a part of me that, that, that lives in my body. And it's, I think part of it too, is how you think about it. And so just like you said, it's like, all connected. what it's all, all connected. connected. Yeah. It's all connected. And I really think that when we have thought patterns that continuously kind of play out that trauma, that's when we're really re-traumatizing ourselves over and over versus I guess, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer because I'm still dealing. Well, there's with- science. There's actually science behind it. Let's hear yes. it. So the absolute best book that I have read on this is called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm. And it's by a guy named James Vander Vanderkolk. Vanderkolk. Anyway, The Body Keeps the Score. And it it talks about how um experiences are stored in the body and the reactions that the body has are very real. So when you experience something that reminds you of whatever happened mm-hmm. that traumatized you, whatever that may be. And trauma is, you know, all kinds of things, right? It's not just 
the horrific things that we automatically think about, right? There's all different kinds of trauma and all different kinds of way that your body stores information. And so um, there are ways to rewire your mind so that your body doesn't react as strongly. And it starts with mindfulness. Mm. It all, it all goes back to mindfulness. So the healing of, of anything can happen through, well, not anything, but you know, so much healing can happen by, by using mindfulness. So what does your mindfulness practice look like these days? I I'm just always, I just always check in with myself when I have a strong feeling in my body. What, what am I thinking right now? Like why, like what's happening? Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't always happen in the moment more often than not. It does. Sometimes I'm like, having a meltdown. Like I couldn't find my dog the other day. And I was just like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like panicking over the top. Yeah. Like, while I'm, while I'm, Oh my Godding out loud. I'm like in my head, looking at myself and going, is, is what I'm doing actually helping the situation right now? <laughs> no, it sure isn't. And so then I take a breath and then I look at my kids who are looking at me and I'm like, mom, just like really went over the top about this. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and it's like, saying it out loud to, to them because they're watching me, but also helps me notice that that's what was going on. Yeah. And it, you know, that's, that's human. It's human. So we're going to react to things, but if you can notice the reaction before it spirals out of control, that's like so grounding. And when it does spiral out of control, I think a big piece of mindfulness must be so much softness, gentleness, right. nurturing and compassion towards yourself. Like, cause here's the thing you can have a mindful practice where you just loathe the shit out of yourself, where you just, you know, should have, would have, Oh my God, I can't all. believe I, yeah. yeah. And so one of the biggest pieces about, um, I think mindfulness is being really loving and compassionate and nurturing and super soft with yourself while you're noticing all this shitty thinking that you're having. Yeah. And I want to actually kind of give an example about that thought feeling response thing is, and I, I told you about this, but like a couple Saturdays ago, I received a message from someone that really kind of brought me back to not being, not belonging, not being wanted, being excluded, being left out. And my therapist said to me, I actually wrote it down. She said to me, we, re, re, we relearn the same lessons over and over and over and over. And when she said that to me, it took so much um, guilt and shame away from the fact that I have had, you know, um, female friendships that have come and gone and things like that. Cause I'm like, oh, well, maybe this is just like my thing to learn you know, maybe, maybe oops, there's a little timer. Maybe this is just like my thing to learn. So my point in telling you all this is I always tell my community we're walking a spiral yes. and, it, and it goes in line with what my therapist says, which is we always come to the same lessons over and over. Yep. But when you are doing work on yourself and you're mindful and you've allowed yourself to feel your feelings, you're going to come back to the thing again and you react to it differently. And when I received that text message, I could feel my body beginning to have a physical response. Like my vision went kind of blurry and like my face got hot and I almost felt like in like my head. Mindful. Mindful. So I was just really mindful of it. And I was like, Oh, like, and I had this, like, okay, my body's doing this because this Mm -hmm. is my, this is my subconscious body. It's just having this reaction. But then there was me kind of like interesting, you know, we, we just kind of felt this earlier this summer and here it is again. 
And my bounce back time was so much quicker. My like rebound time of like not really giving a shit about it and just like moving on was a lot quicker. And it was like this, it was like all these things mixed together of like mindfulness and walking the spiral and reliving mm. the same thing over and over and, but doing it in a way that is like loving and compassionate. And I was like, really fucking proud of myself. I'm like, wow, like, you know, had this happened three or four months ago, I would be rip shit. But now I'm just kind of a little upset and like, just being like, you know what? This is so not worth my time. I'm moving on. I mean, you, you, you know what I mean? had, yeah, absolutely. When you and I had had a phone call um, at, at some point after that had happened. And I just was like, so floored by your ability to understand that there was a lesson. Like feel the hurt and let yourself feel whatever sad, mad hurt, but, but understand that it was a, like a lesson in it. And so it, it made to, to me anyway, from my perspective of like having like gone through, you know, you and I have experienced our own challenges in life that we've shared for the you know past five years or whatever, however long, um, like I could really see that you were using all your tools to yes. flow forward and not like dig in like you know, not to call you out, but like, I've, I've, I've known you to, to dig in sometimes. Which is, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh Oh, here we go. Okay. No, which is, which is so human. It's human. So human. human. Um, but I was like, look at you you were just like, and you very much wanted to talk about making sure you were doing your steps to move forward. And I thought, damn, if, yeah, like if I was, did that, like, I was upset. And, but I, I was upset, but I was like, I just was like, oh, I was like, oh, this is like, look at the universe giving me this thing yeah, to, to just kind of like, be like, oh, see, like you've grown. And, and doesn't it feel good to not be like, I, this, I blame this person. I'm so like, it just like, no, it's not who needs that. Yeah. Well, I, yes. And boundaries like a motherfucker yeah, and boundaries like a yeah. motherfucker. Because I'm not a doormat and like people, no, people don't get but, to that, but, but that's your, that's a right. And that's a way to flow forward. Whereas mm. holding on to blame yeah. and all like that's, that's weak. And that's, yeah. doormat, that's doormat shit. That's doormat shit. Mm, I love that. All right. So we got to wrap this up. Tell okay. me what are like two or three things that people can do today to start to become mindful. Okay. Um, when you're doing some super boring thing that you hate doing at your house, loading the dishwasher, washing the dishes, folding the laundry, notice that you are having a thought that says, I hate this. This sucks. This is the worst. I can't stand when my family does this. The way I, I also practice mindfulness, not, not only in traffic, but folding laundry. Um, I used to attach so many stories to laundry. I can't believe you know, how much folding I have to do. I can't believe I that. <laughs> and you know what? Starting to notice that I told that story was like, wow, what a waste, <laughs> you know? And now I just fold the laundry and it's over and it's done. And I'm not living in some stupid story. Cause hey. guess what? There's more laundry tomorrow and the next day, and it's not going away. So why would I continue to suffer with a story about it? Just mm -hmm. the laundry. <laughs> I feel that. Move on. I I remember, I remember that. I remember we were talking about it and I was like, dude, I just, I like smoke weed and like watch shows when I fold laundry. It's great. Um, okay. Any other advice? Um, 
just just notice notice to your point notice how your body reacts to things when you feel a strong feeling inside check it what does that feeling come along with what situation what story popped into your mind who are you hanging out with who are you hanging out with just start to write it down what write it down. You, you have to be a self spy you have to like mm. investigate yourself yeah i tell my clients all the time like we're going to think we're going to talk about something we're going to think about it and i was like we're just going to pretend like we're scientists yeah excavating this new cave and so that there's no like oh my god i can't believe i'm da 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 it's like just just approach it with a scientist view i want to offer so bridget's advice for mindfulness is to start noticing and i'm going to take it one step further and give everybody a little something that they can do and holistic psychologist actually taught this but it's really just doing a five senses check. Mm. And so you could, I have a, like, actually on my phone, I have like a little reminder pop up. This is five senses check. And basically what you do is put a little reminder on your phone. When the reminder goes off, wherever you are, whether you're driving or working or home or whatever, literally stop and check in with your five senses. What do you hear? What do you see? what can you smell? What can you taste? And like, what can you touch? Like what, like touch yourself, touch your environment and just kind of like tune into your five senses. Yeah. And guess what that is? What? It's noticing. It's notice. That's yeah. noticing. That's, that's what noticing is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but this, this is like a focus your notice. Yes. This is like a practice in noticing with, yes. like, where you have it on your phone and it's just oh. going to start. Yeah. It's an, it's an official exercise. I love that. And it's yeah. simple. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad you were able to pop on today. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Tell people where they can follow you because you're an amazing musician. Oh, oh, um, my Instagram page is at socially responsible, but also Christy. Oh my God. I got to send you the link. You can pre-save our, our single, my band's oh, first yay. single. Yeah. And it's going to be like on Spotify and stuff. I'm so excited. Oh my God. Awesome. So go check Bridget out at, at soul responsible so it's basically <laughs> like socially but the first word is soul there you go responsible okay i love you and love you. see you next time bye, bye. oh my gosh uh, that was such a fun conversation <laughs> bridget and i can literally talk about this stuff all day long um i really hope you enjoyed that conversation and really the biggest takeaways that i took away was noticing that's really how you can begin a practice and i loved her tip about you know think about something that really annoys you and then remind yourself to think about how you're feeling annoyed about that thing when it's happening like folding laundry you know and when you have the awareness like the moment that you acknowledge that you're thinking about something, the moment that you are aware that you're thinking about something is the moment that you become the witness. It's the moment that you become the observer. And, you know, in Buddhism and yoga and meditation and, and that this world, it's really the number one thing is, is to be the watcher of your thoughts. And that's really what a meditation practice does. Um, I'm actually teaching a meditation class tonight. I'm so excited. And what I'm going to be teaching live is that meditation is not about sitting there and having no thoughts. It's the practice. It's learning the skill of noticing your thoughts. And when we notice our thoughts and are aware that we're thinking the thought, immediately the thought loses 
its power over you. It You still might be, do what you normally do, but that's only because you're in a habit. That's only because you know, you're know you in a neural pathway that's so deep, deeply ingrained in you. But the more you have that awareness, the less depth that neural pathway has and the more you are able to create a new neural pathway, a new habit, a new way of reacting, a new way of seeing things. And then once you have a new way of seeing things, now we are able to create real change in our lives. And that's really what we're all going after is how do we, how do we, how do we become happier? How do we become more fulfilled? You know, how can we be with ourselves when life is hard so that it doesn't feel that much, doesn't feel even harder because we're beating up on ourselves with our negative thinking. So that's really what we were talking about today. Um, And I really just want to say thank you to Bridget. Thank you to guys listening to this podcast every week. Please, if you love this podcast, tell a friend about it. You know, maybe go into the podcast, find your favorite episode, copy the link, send it to them, tell them, hey, I thought of you. This would be great for you to listen to. Um, I would really appreciate it. And I think your friend would too. So have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time.